You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Thursday and excited to share a, this is a music story. Yes. It's also a, an alumni story mm-hmm. from Concordia, Wisconsin. It is. Um, and it's just good stuff. I'm going to nerd out about music today. I'm pretty <laughs> excited. This is going to be great. And we get to talk with a composer. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. It's been a while since we've <laughs> had a chance to talk with a composer. Uh, and we're looking at the Tadeum um, during Lent. Which is so. a favorite thing for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So. Excellent. Absolutely. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Uh, you can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us by phone today, Dr. Michael John Trotta is composer and has done some great work on a number of sacred pieces. We're going to look at the Tadeum uh, today as well. Dr. Trotta, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Also joining us, Matthew Thiel. He's a, a choral director at Sheboygan Lutheran High School. And uh, and we get to talk about this music um, being uh, taught and mm-hmm. performed by the students, uh, the choir at Sheboygan Lutheran High School today. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for being our guest. You're very welcome. Good to be here. Michael, let's start with uh, your background and in music. Uh, when did you first become interested in music? You know, as a child, our home was always filled with music. Um, you know, whether it was uh, Messiah playing on the old 33 and a third record um, or Godspell or Vivaldi's Four Seasons, <laughs> it was kind of this wonderful cornucopia uh, of, of different styles of music, both uh, traditional and contemporary. Uh, contemporary for the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my my father, he led congregational singing, and he would bring me, uh, he would bring me to the rehearsal. So I just have these memories of my early childhood of being, you know, in a choir loft. And it was, it was, there was something very wonderful and, and magical and mysterious going on. And uh, I just I just remember kind of being up there in the choir loft and looking out and and seeing this connection between, you know, music and worship and liturgy and and how each of them on their own had 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 a gift. But when you put them all together, how they kind of supported and amplified each other. And, uh, you know, I think the, the theme for me is that music is wonderful in its own right. But music that serves a purpose, uh, you know, that's something really special. And that's something that I have the opportunity to, to dedicate my life to. Absolutely. Who has been influential to you in your, in your journey from that time as a child in the choir loft uh, to where you are now as a composer? Oh gosh. You know, I, <laughs> I, uh, the list of people, the list of people to thank, um, you know, I, I, Stand on the shoulder of giants, and and for me, you know, um, I mean, from my very first uh, fifth grade band teacher when mm-hmm. I was playing the trumpet, um, and then you know into high school, uh, I remember Mr. Donnelly. He was our high school choir director, um, and I just thought he was, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was magic, 
He would just sit down, and it seemed like he knew how to play everything. He had a, just a fantastic voice. It seems like he did everything. And I remember saying, you know, it's so amazing what he does. I wish that were something that I could take a part of. And, uh, you know, thanks to, to his expert tutelage, um, I had wonderful music theory in high school, with, uh, Paul Caliando, who I still talk to to this day. You know, they took me on a journey uh, that started with me thinking music was something that you kind of either had or didn't have. Like, you know, when you were born, you were either sprinkled with the music gift or not. So that's where <laughs> I started. Yeah, and, and, and they helped me see that it was, it was a set of skills that could be, could be taught and, and learned and honed. And they introduced me to that craft, you know, all the way through, you know, three degrees later, Ken Fulton at Louisiana State University, um, who who just focused so much on the great masterworks. I mean, I remember uh, I remember in one semester we had done the Brahms Requiem and the Verdi Requiem, you know, within a time span of two weeks and uh you know, what a wonderful laboratory for me as, as a graduate student and as a musician to see that there, there is such a place uh, and, and a very modern and relevant place for these great masterworks to kind of be cast uh, in a light and, and, and tell these wonderful stories that have been around for, for hundreds of years. So there have been certainly great teachers who have have influenced your journey and you mentioned having music theory in high school or in school in high school i don't know if many students have that opportunity to study music theory in high school i, I had did. that unique you did too wow yeah. i don't know if many students today really have that opportunity to study music theory so wow thanks be to god that uh, that you had that opportunity of course um it certainly had a greater impact on you i am not a composer today <laughs> so <laughs> um, who are the the composers who have influenced you most yeah i think i think for me you know i have a great great love of of bach um there's a there's a genius to what bach's able to do specifically his attention to text and taking a text and and painting the text through music uh is something unparalleled and something something I can only aspire to. Um, but but he, he had a wonderful way um, of, of painting the text through instrumental music. And then also he had a great way of introducing a concept of personal prayer and communal prayer and introducing both of those uh, at the same time. So in, in so many of his works, uh, you know, the cantatas and uh, B minor math, so many of them, he will, he will have a communal prayer introduced by the choir. And then on one of the, one of the in interior movements, one of the solo movements, you'll hear just this very intimate, uh, wonderful solo sound. And I, I just, I love Bach, you know, not only for his, his craft and, and, his absolute exacting counterpoint. That's great. But, but even more so, I love him for his ability to 
relate text um, and relate it both in the community and the communal level, but also in the very most personal level at the same time. Yeah, Bach is such a such an influence on so many people in the musical world, and and there's 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 a little something for everybody, uh, whether whether you're a super high level, uh, someone that really understands music theory and and understands all of this compositional uh, jargon and things that a lot of us may not understand, to someone who's just in the pew and just listening uh, to a to a cantata, there's there's something just wonderful. We need a Bachometer on this program oh, to man. measure how many times we say Bach in a week. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> Bach is amazing. Uh, uh, how would you, or uh, when and how did you uh, become interested in composition? Sure. You know, for me, the first 15 years of my career uh, as a musician, I was a choir director. And, and first, you know, at the junior high and high school level. Um, and then I, I had a full-time uh, church job uh, for five years. Uh, where I was director of worship and music, and then and then also I spent time the my last uh, my last gig before becoming a full time composer. I, I taught at the collegiate level for five years, and I think that introduced me to this concept of writing for the people in front of me. Um, so for me, I remember when I taught middle school choir. I remember I had these seventh and eighth grade boys. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to sing, but because of their vocal development, the music that, that was, was out, there wasn't always notes for them to sing. Mm-hmm. So here we have these, these middle school guys who say, we're excited, we're showing up. And it was like, I felt like it was my responsibility that if they were willing to show up, put in the energy and effort, the least we could do is write some notes so they could mm-hmm. sing along. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think... My composition and my interest in composition has always been a response to whoever's in front of me. And, and that kind of continued on. Um, my wife and I had, had the wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity. We actually, uh, we actually got acquainted, uh, went out after a church choir rehearsal, got engaged and married all in the same church. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because because that was it was working working at that church uh, on the campus of Louisiana State University that uh, you know so many times it was like I need a prayer for peace I need a prayer of St Francis but I don't like anything we have in the library and it was like <laughs> let me see what I can come up with um, you know and I, I was I was spoiled because the group I had in front of me could, could literally sing almost anything I put in front of them. So it was this idea of there being a need, my, my attempt to fill the need, and then getting that immediate feedback and seeing what works, what doesn't work, what resonated with the congregation, uh, what kind of fell flat, and if it fell flat, what, what about it musically could be tweaked. And it was kind of this really exciting conversation that, that we could have musically um you know between me and me and 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 the feedback i was getting all around me so what led you to this specific this ancient text the tedeum uh for this new piece that you've composed you know the tedeum is uh i think number five uh in, in my list of these kind of larger works um 
about five years ago, the Presbyterian Association of Musicians uh, came to me, and and they were looking to, they were looking for a new seven last words. I think one person said that they had done the Dubois seven last words for the last thirty five years in a row, <laughs> and and they they wanted something new. Um, they loved the text, but they they started imagining, you know, what would it look like if if we reset this text today and. Long story short, you know, five works later, this this idea of groups coming together, multiple choirs coming together into a consortium um, and doing it for the purpose of a text, uh, because there's a, a text from the sacred canon that that wants to be, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it talks about the spirits yearnings and groanings. It's almost like there, there are people who approach me with this idea because they think there's a text that, that is kind of yearning and groaning t- to find uh, a new voice. And, uh, you know, that was five years ago. We did Seven Last Words. Um, the follow-up to that was um, a Gloria and what was interesting was that was an ecumenical project. So this kind of took this idea from, okay, we have an institution. This is what we want for, for our groups to, well, now we had groups from all around the country. And there were some groups that were church groups of different denominations. Some, some groups were community groups. But they all kind of found this idea of, you know, we're coming together. Obviously, the Gloria is super popular compared to the Tadeum. The Gloria is, is you know, just a, a mainstay of, mm-hmm. of all choral groups. And uh, so following that up, there was the Seven Last Words, a Gloria, a Magnificat. And, um, you know, the idea is of the Tadeum. The Tadeum is a, is a text that goes back to some sources say the fourth century. Mm. And, you know, here we have this hymn, one of the oldest hymns in the Christian tradition. And, you know, 1600 years, when I think about what, what we're, what's happening now, what's going to be around 1600 years from now, I think it's a great challenge. And, and, and for me as a composer, also there's so many wonderful settings of the today I'm, um, you know, the Haydn's Tadeum comes to mind. Um, you know, and even in the modern era, the Carl Jenkins Tadeum is very, very popular. So this idea that there is a story that's been being told for 1,600 years in this hymn, and what would that story look like if it were told today? And I love that. And, you know, and it's also kind of like a challenge. I think uh, composers, they challenge themselves. It's like, well, okay, this is going to be my Gloria. And what would it look like if, you know, what would a Tadeum sound like if I wrote it? And, and uh, you know, the, the, the work that they're doing at not only Sheboygan Lutheran, which will be presented um, later in March, but the work that's happening at, you know, seven other churches and choirs all around the country is, is, you know, I'm a very, very small part. I just translated 
the story into musical ideas. They're the ones who are doing all the work. My work's done. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're doing all the work now. We're talking with Dr. Michael John Trotta, composer of the uh, New Todayum, and uh, Matthew Thiel, Sheboygan Lutheran High School choir director. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll learn more about the students uh, learning mm. this New Todayum. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking about sacred music, which is pretty cool. Contemporary sacred music today, though. A, con- yeah, a composer taking a, a contemporary take on a beautiful historic text, the Tadeum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking with Dr. Michael John Trotta, composer, and Matthew Thiel, a choral director at Sheboygan Lutheran High School. Love talking about this text. Before we went to break, Dr. Trotto, we were talking about the the history of this text. Mm-hmm. And and now let's bring it into the the setting of actually teaching students. <laughs> uh, Matthew Thiel, the choral director at Sheboygan Lutheran High School. Matthew, what do you want your high school students to learn when you teach sacred music like this? Boy, we could we could probably spend a whole <laughs> podcast uh, just on that question. Um, but I'll I'll boil it down to this. Uh, ultimately, I want them to learn the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I want the Scriptures to be on their lips and in their hearts and in their minds every single day. Uh, it's what forms and grows their faith, and uh, that's that's the beauty of sacred music, is we're taking the Word of God, right, and we're setting it to music. Uh, and then to get to return to that music day after day, that's what sticks with my kids, my students, long after I'm done teaching them for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something powerful in the way that Scripture, when it's paired with music, helps us to really internalize that text. Um, and in particular, what I want my kids to take away from, from this experience with uh, the text of the Tadeum uh, is that it has stood the test of time, as Michael pointed out, and it really is a text that's a, a pinnacle confession of faith in our church and praise to the triune God. Mm-hmm. What's unique about uh, teaching sacred choral music uh, that you really appreciate being able to to teach your students? Oh yeah, I just I I really obviously because I'm a Lutheran school teacher, I love teaching sacred music, right? Um, <laughs> and and the reason I love it is because it's a beautiful artistic expression of faith that both teaches and comforts. Right. Our, our faith is universal. It's, it's in the creed we confess that we believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, and yet at the same time our faith and relationship with God is very unique, it's very personal, and I think what's beautiful about sacred music is that it holds those two ideas in tension with one another. 
it's a, a personal expression of a one true universal confession of faith. And tell us about being selected to uh, to premiere Dr. Trotta's arrangement of the Tadeum. Yeah, so it really is a really neat story that that I love to share. So thanks for asking about that. Uh, every other year, I take my band and my choir out on an eight to ten day music tour across the country. And last year, we were on our way to North Carolina, and we happened to stop at the seminary in Fort Wayne to sing as a part of their daily chapel service. Uh, and as you might know, their chapel is absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, right? The acoustics there are just second to none. Uh, and so we stayed after chapel for a little bit to record some of our repertoire for the tour in that space. And one of the pieces we were performing on our tour that we recorded was a movement from um, from Michael's Seven Last Words that he mentioned before. And through the course of learning and performing the piece, my students and I absolutely fell in love with it. Our audiences uh, across the tour had been giving it a very warm reception as well. Uh, he mentioned, you know, Bach does an awesome job text painting. I personally think Michael did a great job text painting in, in that particular piece. <laughs> and so I felt moved to send Michael a recording and a note of thanks for writing just a wonderful and moving piece of music. And it was my first time ever contacting a composer. I was actually super nervous just writing the email. Uh, and so I didn't know what to expect. And to be honest, I wasn't even expecting getting a response back. Uh, but Michael exceeded those expectations. He got back to me right away, and he gave just a warm and a very complimentary email to me and my choir for our performance uh, and said he'd love for us to be a part of that upcoming consortium of choirs who would premiere the Tadeum. And, of course, I just jumped at that opportunity right away. Uh, and then throughout the course of the process, I found out that we were one of only eight choral groups nationwide, uh, in fact, the only high school choral group uh, to be a part of this consortium. And uh, we get to be the very first of those eight to world premiere the piece uh, coming up here on March 17th, which is super exciting and, and really quite an honor. So. And, and Michael, did you have a, an opportunity to uh, to meet Matthew's students and and work with them a little bit on this piece? Yeah. So, gosh, just two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to uh, fly out, and uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind trip. <laughs> um, but to fly out, and and you know, importantly, uh, on the trip, I, I found everyone in Wisconsin extremely. Uh, they were extremely concerned that I got uh, cheese curds <laughs> that, uh, that 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 squeaked. That's what was really really important. So I, I first right. of all I, I just I kind of fell in love with the community. I felt just welcomed and, and embraced from the moment I was there. Not not only as a, a musician and a composer, but just you know just as a human being and. Uh, Gosh, I have to say, I have, I think it is, is one of the highlights of my year so far musically was to see the students. And I had not heard any of this music before. You know, I spend all of this time writing the music and I can hear it on the piano and I can hear it in my head, but I had not heard human voices sing this music. And, you know, I always have a kind of, a little bit of trepidation uh, because I never quite know what it's going to sound like. And, and it specifically, it was a third movement. Uh, the text is God save your people, uh, save your people and bless your inheritance and rule them and extol them forever for eternity. 
and uh, they, they're singing it in Latin. It's one of the uh, one of the features of this piece is it's set both it's set either in Latin or English um, because that was one of the requests of the the consortium groups that they they have the option. And uh, I have never seen such convicted singers. Um, I mean, just they sang the notes right off the page. They were they were not only excellent musically but but they were convincing and i think i think there's a bit of drama um that sometimes is lacking from our quote unquote classical or sacred music there's some of that drama that i feel like harkens back all the way to the early church uh that the liturgy came out of and and i felt like they captured that and they kind of brought that moment um and they brought the text just very, very, it's like they grabbed me, uh, they grabbed me by the shirt collar and they, they pulled me into the story. And what an exciting moment for me, uh, not only as a composer, but just as a, as a person to just be drawn into the story by, by someone's musical uh, conviction. Absolutely. Matthew, we have just about two minutes left. Uh, what are you looking forward to at the upcoming concert on March 17th? Yeah, and really, you know, not just this concert, but every concert that we do, uh, I really look forward just to sharing God's Word and the Gospel with our audiences and comforting souls. Um, so that that's what I look forward to at every concert. But in this concert in particular, uh, I'm obviously looking forward to premiering this piece and sharing with the audience something that no one in the world, uh, except for, I guess, us in the choir and Michael, has heard before. <laughs> Right. Uh, and what's neat about that is, you know, we're going to perform a couple other pieces that that night. And, um, you know, there's recordings of those pieces online. Right. So and as a composer I, or a conductor, excuse me, I can't help but be somewhat influenced by what others have done before me mm-hmm. on those pieces, you know, making musical choices and phrasing decisions and things like that. But with this piece, this is all us. Right. This is us working with Michael to create a brand new piece of art. Uh, this is our own interpretation, and, and that's what I think I'm the most excited about sharing with our audience. Well, very good. And speaking of audience, uh, share a, a, a few of the details. So if the folks are in the Sheboygan area and want to check out the concert? Yeah, so it'll be Tuesday, March 17th at 7 o'clock at night. Uh, it'll take place at Trinity Lutheran Church in downtown Sheboygan. Uh, the doors will open up at 630, and the concert is free of charge. Very good. So Tuesday, March 17th, 7 p.m., Trinity Lutheran Church, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Thank you so much uh, to both of you for sharing this beautiful story with us. And can't wait to hear uh, hear from the the the, uh, the students or hear the, the students. Hopefully someday we'll get a chance. To, won't be making it to Sheboygan, but hopefully Sadly, there, no. there will be an opportunity to hear the students <laughs> right. in the future. Uh, Matthew Thiel, Sheboygan Lutheran High School Choral Director. Thank you so much, Matthew, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. You're welcome. And Dr. Michael John Trotta, composer, thank you so much for being our guest today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere.